Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hello, it's Thorne Byron of the Vancouver Giants. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. I'm Dylan Cousins of the Westbridge Hurricanes. Hey guys, this is Cam here. Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. It's Alex Turcott from Team USA. Hi, it's Maurice Sider from the and I'm. This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Major Junior. They were the best in the QMKHL. And now the Huskies are Memorial Cup champions. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. And more. Unbelievable. Wow. Incredible. This is the Pipeline Show. All right. Good weekend and welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show. My name is Guy Flaming. Thanks for stopping by once again and taking the time to download this particular episode. Special thank you to everyone who has signed up to be a patron at patreon.com. Your uh, contributions keep the show running. If you're a newcomer to the uh, program, you might want to check that out. Patreon.com slash the Pipeline Show is uh, how you can how you can sign up and get early access to all the interviews that you're going to hear today on the full show. You can do that through patreon.com slash the pipeline show. If you're a returning listener, really appreciate you coming back. And if this is your first time ever hearing of the pipeline show, why don't you let me know about that too? How'd you, how'd you hear about the show? I'm always intrigued how people first took notice of the program. Uh, what led you to uh, downloading a, a specific episode? If it's a specific guest that you have on, or you just stumbled across the show and wanted to give it a try. Always interested to hear the feedback. So let me know. You can uh, drop me a line on Twitter at TPS underscore gee and if you're one who gets the show through uh, itunes or spotify or soundcloud or google play however you get it if there's a way you can leave comments for other people who might be just exploring uh, and uh, will see your comments uh, please feel free to leave a comment for uh, people like that and encourage them to uh, give the show a try as well we always start with the question of the week this week continuing on sort of with the uh, predictions uh, for the upcoming whl season and uh, we've done the U.S. division and the Central. So the question today is, uh, give me your predicted finish for the B.C. division of the WHL. So you got five teams to pick from. Vancouver, Kamloops, Kelowna, Victoria, and the Prince George Cougars. And uh, don't just tell me the one through five, but uh, also, how many of them do you think actually make the playoffs? Do you think four will get in? Do you think maybe only three will get in, which would mean all five from the U.S. division would get in? Spoiler alert, that's the way I'm leaning right now myself. But uh, share your thoughts with everybody else on Twitter. At TPS underscore Guy is where you can find that question and uh, some of the uh, comments that have come in. I just put it up uh, as I'm speaking with you right now about five minutes ago. Alfonso says Vancouver, Kelowna, Kamloops, Prince George, and Victoria. Uh, Scott has uh, the exact same finish and also makes the note. He says that is based on uh, Byram, Bowen Byram returning to Vancouver this year. If that's not the case, then he says Kelowna will be the top team. Uh, Caden has Vancouver, Kelowna, Kamloops, Prince George, and Victoria. He says uh, four of them will make the playoffs, so Victoria being the team that would miss out. Krumski says Vancouver, he's got Prince George number two. Wow. 
Vancouver, Prince George, followed by Kelowna and Kamloops, with Victoria being dead last and the only team in the division to miss the playoffs. So Krumski going out on a limb, expecting big things from the Prince George Cougars. A couple of news and notes items. Um, the first, the Junior Club World Cup in Russia wrapped up the squad, the local squad uh, from Yaroslavl, a locomotive defeating Team AJHL in the final, ended up being a 3 nothing uh, final. Clearly the two best teams uh, in the tournament, Alberta beat a Carpat out of Finland by a score of 5-1 in the semifinal to uh, reach that final game. Good showing by uh, the Alberta Junior Hockey League. The NAHL ended up fifth. They they won their uh, final game of the tournament after not making it to the semifinal games. Uh, so pretty good for the NAHL as well, but the uh, AJHL representing North America and doing it the best. All right, let's move on. The preseason across the CHL is uh, well underway, and it, take it for you know with a huge grain of salt in terms of standings and things. I'll just go through the uh, top scores. Maybe in each league right now in the queue, most teams have played three or four games. Uh, Bailey Peach from Sherbrooke leads the way with seven points. In fact, there are four players, five players with seven points, four players with identical three goal and four assist mark in the queue. Bailey Peach from Sherbrooke, Julian Letourneau from Bay Camo, Yaroslav Likachev from uh, the BBR Mata, as well as Justin Robida and Zach Misho, both of them play for Valdor. So there's seven guys, or excuse me, five guys with seven points in the queue right now. A good showing uh, from that group. I can tell you the uh, the top goaltender, although how much the guys are playing, uh, it's, it's really tough to say. It's preseason, huge grain of salt with all of the numbers. Uh, Jacob LeBlanc from Drummondville has uh, appeared in four games. He has a buck 59 goals against average and a 941 save percentage. In the OHL, a pair of uh, Ottawa 67s lead the league the preseason in scoring. Graham Clark and Marco Rossi both have seven points. Jonathan Yancis uh, of the Kitchener Rangers has five goals uh, through three games so far. That leads the, the OHL in uh, that regard. And uh, in the WHL, I can tell you uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors pretty encouraged by the early results from Eric Alari, their first-round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, he has four goals and four assists, leading... The WHL in preseason scoring, he's got eight points. Now, they've played four games. Sasha Mutala has only appeared in two, and he's got six points. Josh Davies has uh, five points uh, for Swift Current. Uh, Sasha Mutala uh, playing for the Tri-City Americans. The Kamloops Blazers, well, Logan Stankoven, he's got five points in just one game. And Oren Santazo has uh, four points in just the one game that uh, he's appeared in as well. So, pretty good start for Mr. Stankoven. You'll hear... A little bit more about him on today's show. And because today's show is uh, overstuffed with guests, we're going to skip right down to the guest list and coming down the pipe. Here is what's on tap today. Five teams across the WHL as we continue our team-by-team previews for this coming season. Here's who you're going to hear from today. All of them general managers. And we'll start in the BC division with those Camus Blazers. That means Matt Bardsley. Uh, will lead the show today. He'll tell you all about Logan Stankoven and uh, the rest of the Camus Blazers. Then we'll uh, skip to Southern Saskatchewan. Alan Miller, he's the GM of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Shine the spotlight on that club. Back to BC, Bruce Hamilton, the general manager of the Memorial Cup hosting Kelowna Rockets. Get a taste of 
what that club is looking like right now and how that might evolve over the course of the season. And I do ask him about the Memorial Cup as well and his thoughts on why the WHL champ has struggled here as of late. Then we'll go to Southern Alberta. Peter Anholt of the Lethbridge Hurricanes will set the table for the Hurricanes. And we'll end today's show with John Paddock of the Regina Pats. So uh, lots to get to on the program. Of course, all of these are in the dub segments, which are sponsored by dubnetwork.ca. So much happening around the Western Hockey League right now. Sometimes it's uh, hard to keep up to date. Well, you can stay tuned in on uh, the WHL. Get your daily dose. They'll even email you uh, updates. Go to dubnetwork.ca. And uh, it will really help you to stay up to date on uh, the WHL uh, comings and goings. Lots of signings and some, in some cases, uh, guys getting uh, cut from camps. Uh, obviously, anytime there's trades, uh, really, really handy. I love it. Just uh, shows up in your inbox and you get a nice update like that. Really simple, perfect way to do it. Also recommend that you check out the store nextdoor.ca. They are collecting as many broken hockey sticks as they can. And then they turn those things into some really cool items like uh, puck display cases or uh, deck chairs or you know a coffee table, something like that. Anything anything you can come up with, they can uh, probably create it for you as well. And um, you can check out their catalog. They've got a lot of stuff that you can pick from already. And if you've got some uh, engineering ideas that they, they can handle, uh, they'll put that together for you as well. The store next door.ca out in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, shipping across North America and employing people with disabilities. So great support for their community and a great uh, cause to get behind uh, for you, the consumer, as well. The thestorenextdoor.ca. And lastly, the uh, latest updates from Pro Stock Hockey. You can actually enter a contest right now, a chance to win a year's supply of hockey tape, and it's free to enter. Go to prostockhockey.com slash giveaway. And don't forget to share to earn bonus entries as well. The more entries you rack up, the better your odds. Go to check out ProStockHockey.com, and of course, they're still getting in uh, new equipment and uh, new sticks, new skates, new team apparel right now. As I'm looking at their uh, Twitter uh, feed, new team apparel from the Philadelphia Flyers has been added to inventory. New shirts, new pants, new socks, and more available, and we've seen from other teams as well. New sticks coming in. Toronto Maple Leafs gear showed up uh, on September 3rd, so they've got lots of stuff to check out. That website again, ProStockHockey.com. Dot com. All right, lots to get to on the show, so let's get right to it. And uh, out of the gate to begin, we will go to the Kamloops Blazers general manager, Matt Bardsley. He's up first here on the Pipeline Show with Keith Flaming. I'm Trey Fitzwilanski of the Edmonton Oil Kings. At his own blue line now, Fitzwilanski cutting in right circle, dances around his man to his backhand, forehand, he scores! Oh my goodness, Trey Fitzwilanski! What a move, what a shot, what a goal. Oh, mama. And this is the Pipeline Show. Spruce Grove Saints AJHL Hockey is back. The 2019-2020 home opener is next Friday, September 13th at the Grant Fear Arena. 
There'll be a tailgate barbecue beforehand from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m., which includes face painting, child activities, and a chance to meet some Saints players. The Saints are accepting donations of school supplies and cash. Bring yourself inside the rink for 6.45 when the Saints will unveil their 2018-2019 North Division banner. And then stick around for 7 o'clock puck drop when the Saints will host the Drayton Valley Thunder. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. It's the cheapest drug there is. Back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, and we're going to kick things off this week in a fine fashion as we continue on with our WHL team by team previews. And uh, this week we start in the BC division with the Kamloops Blazers. And that means my guest today is the general manager of the Blazers. That's Matt Bardsley. Uh, welcome to the program, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great, Guy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, and uh, your camp, well, you're through camp now into preseason, so things are uh, definitely getting real. How was camp in your estimation? Yeah, I thought camp was really good. Uh, I was real happy with our returning players that came in uh, in real good shape. Uh, there was certainly a, a strong focus. The guys were excited to get back. Um, you know, we have uh, a new coaching staff with uh, Sean Clouston and, and Daryl Sador. And, uh, but uh, I thought it was really good. I, uh, it was real competitive. Uh, we have a lot of returning players. We have a handful of uh, signed prospects that are trying to make the team. And uh, I thought, I thought everybody showed well. And uh, so it was a quick camp. We had about four days and then, uh, and then we, we cut down to about uh, probably 31 players and then and then from there we had a practice week and then uh, we had uh, two exhibition games this past weekend. Does this year feel a bit different for you now that you've had a full season under your belt in Kamloops? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think uh, especially last year coming into Kamloops uh, uh, maybe kind of learning the landscape of, of, of what's here, what works, maybe what things that I want to implement. So, uh, you know, for my first year, you kind of come in thinking that, you know, you're going to maybe change a lot of things, but uh, uh, some ideas that I had uh, kind of put on hold a little bit. Uh, again, try to try to get a real good feel of what was working, what was good, and certainly don't want to change those things. But at the same time, uh, starting to make some changes on uh, maybe the type of players that we're looking for, how we evaluate uh, when, when our guys are out scouting, uh, everything like that. But uh, certainly uh, coming into this year, um, understand a lot more what we have, just everything, and uh, yeah, f- feel pretty good about uh, this upcoming season. All right, well, let's start looking ahead at this coming year, but first we'll look back at last season and the playoff roster, the three overage players that you lose, and every team goes through that, but uh, Jermaine Lowen, Jeff Faith, and of course your netminder uh, last year, Dylan Ferguson, not back with the team this season. How many other players from last year's playoff roster are no longer with the Blazers? Yeah, we only have uh, one, and that's uh, Travis Walton, who was a potential 20-year-old. Uh, you know, we talked to Travis in the, in the off-season. Um, you know, his goal is he wanted to be an everyday player, and as we discussed, uh, he had he had an opportunity in the BCHL, so he decided to take advantage of that. So he's going to be in the Nymo this year. And uh, Travis, uh, he's a quality person. Uh, he was in and out of the lineup last year as, as a 19 year old. Uh, but again, he just, he wanted that opportunity to be an everyday player. So he, he has decided to move on. So with, with their other three 20 year olds, we, we basically only, uh, graduate four players. So, uh, wow. the rest of the roster is eligible to return. That seems pretty rare. And that, uh, that continuity from one season to the next has to be, uh, a, a pretty good thing for you. Well, I think so. And I hope so. And, and, and again, uh, when we talked about coming into camp, a lot of players, uh, coming back, just felt real confident uh, with the way the season finished. 
Um, you know, there, there was some excitement there and we talked about having a good summer of training and trying to keep that, that momentum of, of how we finished the season. And, and we didn't really want to use training camp to get going. We wanted to come get going right away at training camp. So, uh, so it's been good. All right. Well, you mentioned the overage uh, players for you and, and how many do you have in camp right now? Just the three or do you have one extra? Yeah, we have one extra. So, the, you know, the returning, uh, the 99s from last year, returning that were on the roster were uh, Zane Franklin, Kobe Moore, and Jackson Cowler. And then we also brought in uh, Alex Zawatsky, who was uh, became available, a free agent. Uh, uh waved him, so we brought Alec in, um, and he's had a good camp. And uh, and so far, he played in one exhibition game and scored two goals, so he had a he had a, a good game there. And so we 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 thought it'd be good to, to create some competition, and then you know see how how everything shakes out. All right, and does it matter to you if you have three forwards that are overagers, or you got three and one defense right now, or three guys fighting for two spots up front, or does it matter? I don't know if it really matters. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, we we just kind of want to evaluate, see what works, uh, the makeup of the team, the chemistry. Um, you know, right now we have seventeen forwards uh, in camp. We have uh, we also have uh, nine defensemen, and then uh, and two goaltenders. So I think we have a pretty good balance right now. But uh, we do play seven games, and uh, we've already played two. We played three this weekend in, in uh, Vancouver, and then we finished with the home-and-home. Home. So I'm excited about those seven games because I think there is a lot of competition that's going to allow the, everything to kind of shake out. Matt Bardsley, my guest, he's the GM of the Camelot Blazers. Your uh, import uh, status right now for the Blazers, uh, Martin Lang is back from last year, the Czech import. And uh, you have a newcomer as well, and I'm going to let you handle that name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It took us a little while to figure. We had to wait till he arrived to to really understand. But uh, so it's Inaki uh, Barragano is his name. Uh, he's from Switzerland. Okay, very good. And he's a, a defenseman and uh, not the biggest guy in the world. But uh, what has he shown you so far? And that uh, you went out. I mean, 16th overall pick. Uh, you liked him. Yeah, you know, and, and, and with the import drafts, it can be a little bit challenging at times. You have a little bit of video, but you really have to rely on your contacts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, heard some good things about him. And he, he happens to be represented by uh, the, the same agent that represents Martin Lang. So so there's some familiarity there. And uh, so we selected him. Uh, he came to camp. I was real impressed. He came a couple of days before the, our veteran players were able to arrive. So I was able to spend a couple hours with him just to get to know him. He speaks three languages, speaks uh, English, French, and Spanish. Uh, real confident person. Um, like I said, when we came in uh, on a Saturday, Sunday, had a bit of a just a rest day with all the travel. And then Monday morning, I came in the office. And before the players were here, he was already in the weight room working out on his own. Bit of a self-starter. Um, on the ice, uh, a real mobile skater. Sees the ice really well. Makes a good first pass. Um, just a little bit of a modern-day type defenseman. Uh, so in, in, in the sample size, we've been uh, real pleased with what we've seen. I have to ask, you mentioned the, the import draft is, uh, you know, basically your work in contacts that you have. Uh, when you were in Portland, the Winterhawks always seemed to have success finding import players that would come in and not just play, but play and make a, an impact for your team. So now when you're in Kamloops, are you using the same contacts you had in Portland or were those Portland contacts and you have to go make your own now as a, with the Blazers? Well, I think it's still similar to the same. I mean, a lot of times the contacts uh, with their company, they, they still represent players that are, you know, your North American players. They, they, you know, they might have a European partner that, that 
can help them out. So a lot of it's still the same. And, and you're right in Portland. I mean, even we had some success in Portland with players from Switzerland and Denmark, maybe not, uh, you know, your Russians or your Swedish players and, and so on. But, uh, but still some of the same contacts uh, since I've come here and stay in touch with, uh, with those people as well. All right, let's get to know uh, the team that you have uh, still in, uh, in well through, through camp and into the preseason now. How many goaltenders do you still have with you? Well, we're down to two. We're down to uh, Dylan Grand and then Race Ramsey. And uh, you know, Dylan was with us last year, and then uh, Dylan Ferguson got hurt down the stretch, and mm-hmm. and uh, so Dylan Grand had had to play down the stretch, and he was tremendous. And uh, and then certainly was uh, rewarded with uh, uh, with representing Canada at the Olympic Gretzky tournament. And then uh, Race Ramsey, uh, he's a 2001 birth year goaltender, and he uh, halfway through the year last year he he played in Humboldt and he secured the number one spot and had a real good uh, season uh, in Humboldt. So uh, we're we're down to two already, so we pretty much know our tandem uh, for this season. Going back to Grand for a second, draft eligible this year, and you mentioned the Halinka Gretzky Cup opportunity for him. Does that give him a bit of a, a leg up to, to start the season here, having played meaningful games in August? Well, I think, you know, he's coming in and he's certainly, uh, you know, pushing to be the starter. And But the, what we're excited is we, we believe race is really good. And so race is going to push him as well. So I, I think it's a real good tandem. Um, but but dealing with his experience of, of what he gained last year with our team, but, but also with, with the international experience, um, he certainly is uh, primed to be the guy that uh, – is is going to start for us, but again, uh, we expect race is going to push, and he's going to get uh, he's going to get a good amount of games this year as well. Moving to your defensive core, uh, looking at the WHL's website, there's ten guys listed. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's all you have left uh, with you right now, but one of the things that jumps out at me is uh, most of the guys come with size, and I wonder if that's by design. You'd like to have a, a big blue line. Well, it's you know part of that is when I when I came in, that's that's who we had on the back end. Uh, for me personally, it's I'm not too concerned with size, whether they're they're six foot five or they're five foot eight. I think the biggest thing is we we, we want players that have a hockey sense, um, who can skate, have good skills, compete. Um, if they have size, and that's great, uh, but not too concerned with that. Um, but but we do have good size on the back end, so uh, and, and that's what we have. And and I think the one thing too is pretty much return all of our defense outside of uh you know our import change there and then and then Jeff Faith that graduated but everybody else uh they had a lot of experience last year and then they get down the stretch uh to get to a tiebreaker game and then and then there are six games in the playoffs. So so we're excited with the experience that they have um coming in and then even with Bergano coming in he had uh, last year he had experience at, at the Holinka Gretzky in Edmonton Red Deer and then also he was on the uh the U eighteen uh, world championships uh, in April. I'm always interested when the camp opens to see, uh, you know, a guy who was, uh, who is now three inches taller and 10 or 15 pounds heavier than when you, when you saw him last in April or May. Uh, anybody like that stand out to you, uh, at least among the defensive core that you have? Uh, I think with the defenseman, not much has changed too much. Uh, just probably, if anything, maybe just adding more strength. Um, as far as anybody that's, you know, sprouted up, I, I wouldn't say there's really anybody that that's taken off in that sense. Um, but, but it's been a, but it's been a good camp. You can really see the confidence the guys coming in and, and, uh, I think, I think it shows that the work that they did in the summer. Who becomes your leadership group in the back, on the back end? Well, we have, you know, a bit of a group there. I mean, you know, we re, like I said, we return a lot of guys, uh, you know, even Jackson Keller who came in, uh, 
uh, in November in a trade from, from Saskatoon. Uh, uh, Jackson's a high quality person and they know he has a lot of respect, uh, from his peer group here. And then again, guys like Montana Onyabuchi, uh, Luke Zazula, Sean Strange, uh, Quinn Schmeeman, you know, guys that, uh, that have experience, uh, that are coming back. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's something that, that Sean and Daryl are working with, with the leadership group is, uh, we kind of have a, a few guys right now. And then as we go, we're going to keep adding to it and adding to it. Um, but we have a lot of guys that have experience and that have some leadership qualities. All right. Let's look at your uh, forward group. And, uh, boy, there's some names that really jump out off the roster. And, uh, I, we'll start with the, the overage guys. Uh, we mentioned Zane Franklin and Kobe Moore and, and Alex Zawatsky. Yeah. Uh, at the start, uh, I've said it many times in the past. Zane Franklin, to me, one of those guys that can play on my team any day of the week because he pain in the ass player to play against. But uh, everybody in the league, I think, would like to have a guy like that on their team. And you certainly had your share of Winterhawks that that were that way as well. But um, I'm I'm guessing the 20 year old guys and and maybe a couple other players. That's your leadership core up front. Yeah, no, you're you're correct. In in Zane, Zane's certainly one of those, and and really like Zane as a player. He's He's even a little bit of a throwback, I guess you could say, but he can kind of play it any way he wants. He has really good skill. Um, when, you know, when the game's a little bit, uh, edgy, he, he, he's right there for, for his teammates. Um, so, you know, we're real happy with Zane, what he can provide on the ice, but also in the locker room as well. And, uh, and we certainly have some other guys that, that are part of that group. And, and, you know, we, we want guys that have the experience. I think it's also important with, with our leadership group that we're introducing maybe some young guys into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, as, as someone like Zane Franklin, who's going to graduate after this year, that's someone that's had a little bit of experience with the leadership. Uh, now they know what to expect come the next year and get a bigger role rather than just throwing somebody into it that hasn't had that experience. All right. Well, we mentioned draft eligible players earlier and Connor Zary is that guy. Uh, up front for you this year, uh, late birthday, just missed last year's draft by 10 days or so. Uh, so there'll be a lot of people watching him this year. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about Connor Zary from uh, the GM's perspective? Yeah, Connor's a pretty special player. I mean, obviously what, what you see on the ice and, you know, he had a good season last year, but, but his second half of the season, he really took off. Um, and he scored some big goals for the, for the team and, and timely goals as well. I mean, there were, there were games down the stretch where, we needed a goal to tie it up, and, and even some of his goals were shorthanded where we were down, and then, uh, you know, maybe we had the momentum, we lost it, and then, you know, he scored a shorthanded goal that was allow us to, to ca- recapture that momentum. Uh, but he's he's a special player, uh, wants to be the best, he's driven, um, you know, even after practice, he's, he's staying after practice, uh, doing workouts, taking care of his body. Um, on the ice, he has some pretty special skills. So with the puck, sees the ice really well, uh, has, has a scoring touch around the net, um, has that knack in, in scrums in the corners and where pucks kind of just seem to find him. And, uh, so he, he's a special player and I know there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. And, you know, what I was happy for Connor is again, he had, he had a, a great, uh, second half of the season down the stretch. And then he was another player that was rewarded with the, uh, uh, with the under 18 team. And, and I think even early on first, first game or two, uh, he had, he had a good start and then he got rewarded by uh, getting elevated into, into the lineup. And, uh, so Connor had a great, a great uh, end of the season and into April and it certainly, uh, caught the attention, I think, of, of the NHL scouts. Well, another guy who's, uh, there's a lot of buzz about is, uh, Logan Stankoven, who uh, comes in as a, a rookie this season. I know he, he got into what seven or eight games. Last year, and uh, there was buzz about him already then as well. Uh, local product from Kamloops, so there'll be 
a lot of friends and family in the in the stands every night. But uh, by all accounts, you got another special player there. Yeah, I know you're right. Uh, Logan's tremendous on the ice, and and as good as he is on the ice, he's even better off the ice. He's, he, talk about someone that's really driven and focused. Uh, he's humble. Um, you know, he's a player that's because from from Kamloops, he's been talked about a lot, and mm-hmm. and you know, Kamloops was was fortunate to be able to select him in the in the banner draft when they did, and you know, and he's handled that well because the city certainly talks about him, and that you know, it hasn't gone to his head. He he stays focused, he stays driven, um, and he has some special qualities on the ice. He competes, great skill, great sense for the game, um, but his compete level is is almost off the charts. I I think he's one of those players. Like I would be shocked if a coach ever ever had to talk to him after the game and say, you know, we just didn't think that you worked hard enough. Um, like that, that's just something that's, that's who he is. Um, so we're fortunate to have Logan. He's going to be a big part of what we're doing now and certainly in the future. Matt, who else is uh, knocking on the door trying to get uh, on your roster this year? Young guys, maybe even players who were, you know, fourth line guys or maybe not everyday players last year who you think will get a more of a steady job this year? Well, I think, you know, there, there's certainly a handful of guys. As far as guys that were on the roster last year, we had, uh, Jersey Orchard, who was, <clears throat> he was kind of in and out of the lineup last year. Um, but he had a good camp and I know that. So he's looking to, to establish himself as, as an everyday player. Um, I think as far as players that are trying to make the team up front, uh, you know, we have, we have three players in the O2 birth year and Dalen Kiefler. Uh, Riley Janelle and Reese Belton, um, that are all pushing for spots. Uh, our O3 group, along with Logan Stankoven, is, is a pretty strong group. We have, uh, Caden Binkier and Matthew Seminoff, uh, who, who've had really good camps and good exhibition seasons. So, so they've been there as well. Um, but, you know, I think there's other players, uh, we had player, uh, Kyro Sopatik, who, uh, who had had a good season last year, but another player that had a real strong second half down the stretch and in the playoffs. And he's looked really good in, in camp and in exhibition so far. So we expect him to take a big jump as well. Um, but I would say those are some of the guys that, uh, that are looking to, to establish themselves more. Um, and, and then even a Josh Pillar who, who played well for us last year as a 16 year old to have that experience has looked really, really good in camp and in exhibition. So, so we're excited uh, with our forward group, uh, what, what we're able to do for this year. Lastly, I guess I want to know what your expectations are for the year. And you look at the BC division last year, and obviously Vancouver was uh, had a really strong team and and uh, went deep into the playoffs all the way to the final. The rest of the BC division, it was sort of a development year. Uh, I think things are uh, fair. It's fair to expect better from the BC division this year. But when you look around the rest of the division, maybe the conference, uh, what would you consider to be a successful year for the Blazers? Well, I think, you know, based following up off, off last year with, with that run uh, down the stretch and, and into the playoffs, you know, we we want to be a team that now we want to make a run into the playoffs. I think certainly with before we can even get there, we want to have a strong season. I think uh, I think 40 wins is, is not uh, out of reach for us uh, with, with the group that we have. Um, so I, I think that that's certainly a goal. Uh, we want to be consistent, uh, game in and game out. I know last year that was probably one area that we had to improve on. We, you know, we would have, uh, we'd have a run of maybe two or three run, wins in a row, then we'd lose four. And so we were just kind of up and down. So I think a little more consistency this year. I, I expect that that will have that. Um, so that, that's kind of our goal, but you're right. Like our division is going to be real competitive. You know, I think Vancouver is going to be really good again. I know. Some people talk about uh, not sure what's going to happen with Bowen Byram, but he's a 
he's a difference maker for sure. But Vancouver should have a real good team. We know Kelowna is going to have a real good team, especially with hosting the Memorial Cup. Um, I expect that we're going to be real competitive. Um, I think even Prince George with how they kind of finished the season, uh, you know, they made a change late in the season, but, uh, they, they were real competitive. And then Victoria, you know, Victoria always finds a way, like they, they've got some players there that, that are good players that have some experience as well. So I expect them uh, to be competitive as well. Matt, I appreciate your time today. I certainly wish you the best of luck uh, this season in Kamloops and, uh, We'll see you when you come through Edmonton. Actually, do, you, do the Blazers come to Edmonton this year? I don't even know off the top of my head. No, we're, we're out east this year, but uh, uh, we'll be there next year. So uh, definitely look forward to seeing you when I'm out there, though. Excellent. Thanks for your time. Okay, thanks, Guy. Appreciate it. Cavs Blazers are in action tonight uh, as it's uh, Friday now, and uh, they are taking on the Prince George Cougars uh, exhibition game. And uh, already Logan Stankoven up to five points. He's only played one game. He's got five points in that one game. Yes, it is preseason, but uh, good reasons, big reasons to be excited about uh, Logan Stankoven. And that um, was my guest, Matt Barsley, GM of the Kamloops Blazers. Let's move on to the uh, next club. And up next, the Moose Jaw Warriors. And that means general manager Alan Miller is on the Pipeline Show. That's next. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Keith Flaming. Dallas fed him the puck. Now Dallas spins and fires. Hart doesn't have it, does he? No, he kept it out. What a stop by Carter Hart right on the goal line. Woof. Skipped off his glove, and it stayed out by millimeters. Hey, it's Carter Hart of the Everett Silver Tips, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The store next door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Now that is a man who has eaten a lot of beef. Back on the Pipeline Show, we go from the Kamloops Blazers to uh, Southern Saskatchewan, the Moose Jaw Warriors, the next team uh, under the spotlight. And that means uh, the general manager, Alan Miller, is my guest. Uh, Alan Miller, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you today? Uh, great, Guy. Pleasure. Looking forward to uh, having a chat with you about our club. Well, I appreciate you making the time. I know uh, training camp and now into the preseason can be a, a hectic time, so I'm, I appreciate you fitness in. Um, maybe let's start with uh, looking back at the a playoff roster for uh, the, the Warriors last spring. Guys who aren't back from uh, last year's team, your overagers were Tristan Langan uh, up front, as well as uh, Dalton Hamilek and uh, Annette Brody-Salmond uh, not back, as well as they age out. Uh, who else, other than those three, from last year's team is not back? And I know there are several players. Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously on our, our back end, uh, two big pieces in Josh Brooks, 
uh, signing an NHL contract with Montreal as a second round pick and mm-hmm. and he'll be a pro player either in Laval or, or Montreal and uh um obviously we we made a significant organizational decision at the at the Bantam draft in May uh to trade Jet Wu um you know and that's uh that's certainly uh, uh you know two of the top defensemen in the league from from a year ago and obviously the Wu decision was a was a real tough one, Guy, in terms of you know looking at our team and looking at our at the big picture in terms of where we're at, what we've done in the past, in terms of giving up assets and trying to win, and where we want to be in the future. Um, and then uh, up front, Langen, uh, obviously a tremendous breakout year, um, signing an AHL deal with San Jose, and a uh, great young guy just in terms of his commitment and where he came uh, over the four years he was here. Justin Almeida signed uh, an NHL contract with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Justin had uh, torn labrum surgery uh, in the off season. Um, he still hasn't returned to play. So he'll be an interesting player for us. He, you know, if everything was equal, we'd expect him to be playing in the American hockey league. He's a, he's a great young player. Um, but with the injury and uh, you, you never know in a situation like that. So, um, yeah, you look at our team, two big holes on the back end, certainly two key pieces in terms of offense. Um, Dalton Hamillick and Broden Salmon were real quality uh, team guys for us, character guys that uh, that uh, played real well for us. So, you know, like any team with graduation, you know, some real good people and, and players moving on from our club. Uh, also uh, of note, Alex Zawatsky doesn't return to your club this year. I was just talking to Kamloops and, know he's in their camp right now you mentioned the uh the trade the jet woo trade and uh, i had uh your counterpart with the uh, calgary hitman and jeff chanoth uh, on um all about a month ago now i guess and got his perspective and his side of the, of the trade said the two of you had kind of been joking about it a couple of years ago even um how, how did this uh, deal all come to fruition from your perspective well i go back a couple of years ago when you know we 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 made the run and uh um, Jeff and I talked a lot about uh, Jake Bean, and uh, and as part of that, I've known Jeff for a long, long time, and uh, we're good friends. And we talked about you know getting a deal done, and in a couple of years, maybe you know your team takes that step, and we're in a bit of a retool, and and we'll flip Woodia, and uh, um, you know so. Um, from our end, Guy, I think that uh, um, again, as as a manager. You certainly have a responsibility in, in not only looking at your roster today, but also tomorrow and two, three years down the road. And, um, you know, we've gone four or five years here uh, we've, where we've had some good clubs. Um, you know, like a lot of teams in the league two years ago, we we're very aggressive uh, to try and win a championship, uh, something we haven't accomplished here yet. And, and with the Memorial Cup being in Regina that year, we thought uh, – um, that it could be something real special for our franchise, and we felt that we had the team to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously a big decision in adding Kale Clegg, and, and that price was high, as as were all prices uh, in that year. And uh, we just feel that where our team is at, um, and last year at the draft, we didn't have a pick till the fourth round. Uh, this deal, moving Wu, who's a signed NHL player, uh, only has one year left in, in the league, um, for us to get into the first round with the 11th overall pick, we feel we've added a real good young player in Denton Matejchuk. Um, we banked another second round pick. 
Um, we're not getting Yaromenko, so we banked another third-round pick and, and picked up a real good young forward in Ryder Korzak here who's been, uh, who's been outstanding at our camp and outstanding in the start of preseason here. So for us, uh, we're in a little bit of a retool for a couple of years, and uh, we felt that um, the timing in terms of making a difficult decision uh, for the big picture and the future of our team and the fact that we were able to get what we thought was you know, good for our hockey club at the draft and got us into the first round of, of, of that year's draft uh, was important for our team moving forward. Now let's look at your overage situation, and, and you mentioned the players, a couple of guys who are eligible to come back, and you're not expecting. Right now, is John Ormsby the only guy you have in camp? And obviously the question mark with Justin Almeida, but are you in a position where you could just grab somebody if uh, he comes available on waivers uh, as everybody else has to cut down? Yeah, we're in a we're in a position that we feel that uh, you know we can be patient and 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 see what becomes available. We're we've certainly had a number of conversations with a number of teams about their their twenty year old situation, uh, and there are going to be some some pretty good twenty uh, year olds available here, whether it's via trade or or via the twenty year old uh, waiver wire. And uh, you're bang on. Um, Ormsby's the the only guy that uh, that we have here right now. Um, and, and Luke is, is certainly, uh, um, a hardworking, uh, character guy for us that, uh, um, that, uh, you know, we're happy to have him here. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll want to, you know, we'll want to compliment our team with, with a veteran presence, uh, um, wherever that may be on the back end. Um, we do have some challenges in goal and I'm sure we'll get to the Evanoff, uh, uh, injury in in our discussion, um, but we've got a lot of young players here. We're still 31 players in camp. Um, we feel that our you know our 17 year old group. Uh, we have 11 2002 signed and, and still here with our team. Um, so we can be patient, Guy, just in terms of uh, our development plan and 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 getting our young players and and getting them those experiences that that are important. Um, and that's part of the balance of adding older guys and and what's their valuable to the team and and how much ice time they take away from you know potentially your your younger guys and uh um so again it allows us to be patient but at the same time you know we believe it's going to be important to complement our group with a uh, a veteran presence uh, somewhere along the way here whether it's before opening night or shortly thereafter as you know the October 10th deadline on 20 year olds so we'll just see how it goes, and we've got the two spots open, and, and we'll see what best suits our club at the right time. Nice. Uh, almost a bit of a luxury to take your time and be patient and see what happens. Uh, similar with your import uh, situation, that you mentioned uh, Yari Omenko not coming. He gets the deal uh, back home for him, uh, which frees up a spot for you there too, don't, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got uh, Daniel Stepanov here, a uh, 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 2001 uh, Belarusian that uh, played for our team last year. Um, like a lot of import players, as you've seen over the years, Guy, that uh, especially when they come over at 17, uh, they kind of feel their way, and, and uh, it's a tough transition. Um, and, and Daniel played well for us, but at the same time, um, you know, just kind of up and down and, and, and a guy that you have to be patient with. And uh, he looks like he's taken a real good step for us here, real good camp, uh, being real good in the preseason early on here. Um, so we're pleased with where he's at. Um, we took a significant flyer at the time of the draft. Um, 
you know, we had all expectations that uh, Yaromenko was was returning. Um, he had committed to play in the WHL. He would committed to go to Nashville's training camp as a fifth-round pick. Um, but as with 20-year-olds and, and European players and Russians in particular, um, an opportunity came to sign in the KHL, um, you know, that he couldn't pass on. So, um, um uh, so at the time of the draft, we, 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 we took a flyer on Jesper Wallstead, uh, top end 2002 goaltender out of Sweden. Um, we've had real good conversations. Tim Hunter and I met with him and his dad in Vancouver, uh, with his agent, uh, Jerry Johansson earlier in the summer. Um, we've had some good dialogue. Obviously, I saw him at the Holinka, uh, faced him in the shootout there in the semifinal. Um, he's a late 02, not draft eligible till 2021. Uh, has decided to stay with Lulia uh, for another year, um, but we'll keep our dialogue open. Our plan is to protect them, uh, keep the communication open, um, and see if he's interested in coming to Canada in his draft year. Um, so right now we start the year with Stepanov, and uh, um, for the time being we'll have one import player. All right. Well, and that leads us to the goaltender situation then. And we'll look forward to potentially uh, Jesper Wallstead uh, next year in Musha, but uh, this year bit of a situation for you and you alluded to the uh, injury to start the season for Adam Ivanov uh, what's maybe for those who haven't heard what can you tell us and uh, last I saw it was 10 to 14 weeks so that's uh, that's a long time to be without your uh, starting net miner yeah uh, Adam Adam started having some difficulty in his hip late in the year and uh, and and needed to have uh, off-season surgery uh, he's coming along very well and is, is significantly ahead of, ahead of schedule. Um, there was no damage to the labrum, uh, so that didn't need to be repaired when they got in there. Um, so that was real good news for both Adam uh, and, and our hockey club. So, um, yeah, Adam projected to be our number one guy as a 19-year-old, uh, has grown up in our organization, uh, really played as a tandem with Broden Salmon a year ago, and... Uh, um, you know, so for us, um, yeah, we're looking mid November to late November, obviously a little, be a little bit of a telltale in terms of where he's at and, and when he's a hundred percent ready to go. Uh, so in the meantime, you know, we have three young goaltenders that are signed an, an O2 in Jackson Berry, an O3 in Brett, Walt, Brett Mirwald and an O4 in Kyle Kelsey. Uh, they're all here with us right now. Um, and, and, and again, that, that experience for, for these young guys, uh, is, is important. Um, you know, we're, we're in a situation where we're in the market. Um, you know, we'll look to add a veteran goaltender at some point, uh, along the way here, uh, preferably before opening night. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll do what we need to do to, to bridge the gap between the start of the regular season and, and Adam Evanoff's return. So, uh, it's not ideal. Um, it'll be good for the development of our young guys, um, but at the same time, we'll we'll need to bridge that gap and add somebody at some point along the way here, Guy. All right. Well, we'll watch for that. Uh, let's move on to your defensive group. And um, well, there's a lot of returning players, and but you have some youth coming in as well, and uh, a guy like Damon Hunt coming off of uh, a Holinka Gretzky Cup as well. Um, so he, he had some valuable experience. Maybe gives him a bit of a, a kickstart to. to this season having played some meaningful games last month yeah for sure you know Damon got the opportunity both uh at the Holinka Gretzky here in August as as well as playing as an underage uh for Canada at the Worlds in 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 April 
Um, very good uh, young defenseman, and and you know he really. Uh, we've got a group of O2s uh, on the back end. Uh, actually, have four of them uh, signed in here right now. Uh, you know, Hunt along with Cole Jordan, uh, Braden Miller, and Corey King. We're we're excited about this group of guys. Um, you complement that with uh, um, a group of 18-year-olds and Sander Gardner and Secunda. Uh, Benson is our only returning uh, veteran defenseman. If you, in terms of being a 19-year-old, um, you know we want to develop these young guys. We're excited about them. Uh, at the same time, uh, we saw Yaromenko as a veteran presence and and a guy that could help our power play back there. Obviously, it is what it is in terms of him moving on, um, and we'll see how our young guys go, um, and we'll consider a veteran presence uh, there as well. Um, somewhere along the way, and, and as we talked about the 20-year-old market, um, but right now we like the group, particularly uh, uh, how young it is, and uh, and where that group will be a year or two down the road. Well, and when you uh, talk about the forwards, and you mentioned Ryan Korzak coming over in that trade with the Hitman, he's really a talented young player, and Braden Tracy was picked up uh, in the NHL draft, so you still have a, a few notable players up front, but you described it as a retooling year. Um, tell me about the year four group as a whole. Well, it's uh, uh, lots of competition at this point, and again, strength in numbers in terms of our younger group. Um, uh, Guy, we still have 18 forwards in camp. Um, uh, I, I think we're going to be a, a, a real competitive group. I think we'll be difficult to play against. I think we've got guys that play uh, a hard game, play a strong two-way game, um, you know, guys like Hormsby, uh, Stepanoff, who I've talked about, um, Tate Popple is a strong two-way player. Uh, the Taphorn brothers, Shell Sheamus, um, is a hardworking guy. So I think we're going to be very competitive. Uh, again, you know, we look at, uh, what we believe is a, is, you know, a strong O2 group, uh, led by Korzak. Um, but again, complemented well by some veteran depth and, in Denemy as a 19 year old. I mentioned the two tap horns. Um, you know, Braden Tracy as an 18 year old. So I think our scoring will be by committee. Uh, I think that'll be something that'll be a challenge for us throughout the lineup because I project we're going to be, you know, fairly young up front. Um, and we'll have to, you know, win some tight games, uh, uh, chip in throughout the lineup, but uh, uh, if there's one thing that I look at our team, uh, uh, the ability to score naturally is, is probably going to be something that we're going to have to work at and develop along the way. Uh, you know, does a 20-year-old fit in there to help with the offense? Uh, those are all things that we'll work through with our, our forward group. But again, um, excited about the young players. Eric Alari has, has gotten off to a great start here. Yeah. He had seven points in two games at the Regina tournament. Uh, power four type guy that's got an NHL shot as a 16-year-old. Um, so lots of good pieces. Um, we just have to be patient over the, the next year or so in terms of our development and, and building our team in the right way. Terrific start for Alari in the uh, in the preseason here, but it is preseason and in the big picture doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah. You almost have to temper expectations a little bit. I mean, great for him. It's probably a confidence builder, but it's the preseason. Yeah, it, it is the preseason, and uh, uh, and at the same time, I think uh, you know these young players when they they have success, uh, um, confidence is important. Uh, um, 
yeah, and, and, and as you know, it's, it, it's hard to play in our league as a 16 year old. Uh, Eric will have his, his ups and downs just like any, uh, uh, young player in the league. But, uh, uh, I think from a confidence perspective, uh, him feeling his way in terms of what it takes to play in the league um, are all factors in terms of him growing and, and developing as a player. And, uh, and yeah, it's not, uh, um, not going to translate where he's getting four points a game, but uh, uh, a good start for him just in terms of building some confidence. And, and, uh, and you're right, you know, you need to temper expectations, especially with young players and, uh, um, and, uh, um, you know, that's something Eric's a, a, a real humble, hardworking young guy. I think he understands the process. Uh, he knows what he needs to do to be successful, and uh, he's a young, another young guy that we're excited about. Alan, did anybody come to camp that uh, you hadn't seen for three or four months and suddenly they look 15 pounds heavier and maybe a couple inches taller? Anybody have a big growth spurt in the offseason? Not, not, as, not as much in terms of a growth spurt, uh, uh, just, but maybe we just – we had some guys that came into camp and uh, had really taken some significant steps in terms of where they were late last year, um, you know, through our development camp in June. Um, you know, I think one guy, you know, other than Damon Hunt in that O2 age group to keep an eye on on our back end is Cole Jordan uh, as a late O2 uh, out of Brandon. Um, this guy can, you know, he's he's probably grown probably about, three or four inches since we listed him a couple of years ago, um, can really skate, handles the puck well, uh, has real good upside. Um, so he's a guy to, to keep an eye on. And then we had a kid that we listed a year ago um, after our camp. Uh, we signed him here as a 17-year-old. He'll play on our team uh, by the name of Bryden Kiesman uh, out of Winnipeg. And uh, this is a big guy that can really fly. Looks like he's got decent hands, uh, off to a good start here. Um, so those are a couple of guys that uh, that have certainly made a, an impact uh, here early in camp in the preseason for us. All right, Alan, when you look at the, this season, you, you described it as retooling. If it's a growth year for your club, I don't know what your expectations are or where you set the bar for success. I mean, if you make the playoffs, is that a bonus? Do you expect to make the, the postseason this year? How do you feel? What would be a successful year for the Warriors? Well, I, I think that, uh, and I think we're in a position where, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that the playoff being a bonus key. I, I would say that our expectations are, are that we compete for a playoff spot and, uh, and find our way into the playoffs somehow along the way. And, um, you know, things are cyclical in junior hockey. We, we get that. Um, you know, you need to build your teams. Um, at the appropriate time and, uh, um, and you'd like to sit here and say that you're going to win a championship every year and, uh, um, but that's just, that's just not the way things go. But, uh, um, I, I think we're, I think we're deep enough. Um, I think we're complimented enough by good character and some veteran guys and, um, that we're going to remain competitive. Um, I think we'll be competitive through the year. And uh, our expectations are to be in the playoff mix at the end of the day. Thanks, uh, Alan. I really appreciate your time and for you to, to make the time for me. I wish you the best of luck this season. Appreciate it. All the best, Guy. Thanks for uh, all your support of our league. That's Alan Miller, GM of the Moose Jaw Warriors. And uh, one of my takeaways from that conversation is uh, how obviously he made it that uh, Moose Jaw Warriors are in the market for a goaltender. Well, they're going to be without 
had him even off for a while. Uh, so uh, don't be surprised if uh, the Warriors go out and add a goaltender to uh, get them through and maybe to be uh, the actual number one there. Should also note, uh, since uh, that conversation earlier this week with uh, Mr. Miller, uh, Eric Alare has added to his point totals. He's up to eight now in four preseason games. So really encouraging what they're seeing from uh, Eric Alari uh, to begin the season. But hashtag it's uh, only preseason. We'll see how he progresses through the rest of the preseason and into the regular season. All right, we did Kamloops, we did Moose Jaw. Let's head back to British Columbia. And Kelowna Rockets are hosting the Memorial Cup this year, so you know they're going to be busy. Bruce Hamilton, the general manager of the Rockets, he's on the Pipeline Show next. Hi, this is Luke Shun of the Kelowna Rockets. Hey, it's Madison Bowie. Miles Bell. Nick Merkley. Hey, I'm Leon Dreisaitl. Hey, it's Tyson Bailey. This is Mitch Wheaton. Hi, this is Tyrell Goldburn from the Kelowna Rockets, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Rocket Man, burning out of fuse out here with You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Key Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Back on the Pipeline Show and continuing on with our team by team WHL uh, previews. And uh, next stop, the Kelowna Rockets, the Memorial Cup hosting the Kelowna Rockets. And uh, pleased to be joined once again by the general manager of those Rockets, Bruce Hamilton. Welcome back to the program, Bruce. How are you? Great. Nice to be on. Well, I appreciate you making the time. And, uh, boy, you were telling me just off the air a second ago that I, when I asked you how uh, camp had gone so far, you told me it was extremely busy. A hundred and how many players did you start with? 152 15-year-olds. Oh. Oh. So we had a we had a really large rookie camp. And we usually bring a lot of the kids from up and down the valley here into our camp. So that, you know, brings it up in numbers, but, uh, it was a year that, you know, we probably had 50 or 60 more kids than we normally would. Uh, so it was real, it was, it was good, but long days. I have to ask why, why that many? And it's, you said 50 more than normal. So what was different about this year? Well, historically we found two or three players out of these camps that have gone on to, you know, be players for us. And, you know, we go back to, you know, the Shea Weber's, Josh George's of the world, those were guys that we found at these camps and, uh, you know, we've, we've continued to invite players that, uh, you know, get passed over in the draft. And I, and I always get a kick out of our scouts. The last couple of rounds, there's always a fight over picking this guy or that guy. And my thing is, you know, you guys, if you want them so bad, get on the phone and invite them to come to our camp so that, uh, you know, you can, we can see if they're as good as you think they are. So that, that's, really where it comes from well just out of curiosity when he went from 150 whatever it was and and uh, progressed into the main camp how many of those uh kind of followed suit and, and were with you the the next few days well all the drafts stayed there yeah. was uh 10 i believe and then we found three or four other kids that we we brought in and we ended up listing a couple guys out of that so nice. you know it was it was worthwhile and uh i think it's a real good experience for our drafted players to to move on to the main camp and spend two or three days, you know, with the older guys. And, and more importantly, just be around them and understand, uh, you know, how we do things here. All right. Well, let's get to know the team this year, but we'll start by looking at who's not back 
uh, from last year's uh, club. Uh, and there's a, a lengthy list of uh, 98s who, who played at some point for you last year. Matt Barbaris, Dalton Galley, Braden Chisholm, I know, didn't end the season with you, and Chael Higson and uh, all those guys off the blue line. Ryan Bowen, Lane Zablocki up front. Uh, and uh, now when you're looking at this year, who else is eligible to come back this season that isn't back that played for you last season? Well, really, everybody that is eligible is here. And, uh, you know, we really we have two overage players off of last year's team, uh, Topping and Matson, that uh, will be in camp. They're, they're both leaving tomorrow for Carolina's camp. So they'll be back after the, the tournament there unless they win contracts. But, uh, you know, this year is significantly different than last year. We, we really went into training camp last year with uh, – Chisholm is our only returning player as an overage. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've learned in the, the years I've been in this league, uh, this, in particular, the first three months of the season, if you don't have some depth at the overage position, uh, those are the players that generally make a difference for teams uh, in the early stages of the season anyways and how your success is. And we were not strong there last year and, and paid for it dearly the first half of the year. So when you mention you only have two right now, that obviously – uh, it leaves you with one vacancy, and you'll try to fill that uh, before January 10th. Would you would you do it sooner as opposed to later? Well, yeah, it'll just depend who's, you know, if someone comes available that we're interested in. It's, you know, with us hosting this year, it's a, a little bit unique. I just want to, you know, see exactly what we have before we start, you know, adding guys in. And I'm, uh, uh, with 20-year-olds in particular, in a situation like we're going to have here this year, I just want to make sure we're getting the the right person for to fit the the spot that we're going to need him. And and right now, I would say we'll probably look at finding another defenseman just to give us some more depth there. Um, all right, uh, take me through your. Uh, we've covered the overagers, but uh, what's your import uh, player situation like uh, right now? Well, we have Pavel Novak, a Czech player, an, an O2 that's in camp, and uh, he's been here for not quite a week, so he's still getting his feet underneath him. I think that he'll be a good player. Uh, he certainly is ranked, you know, in the high levels of the Czech program. Right. And then we drafted a Russian, uh, Gudik, who's, uh, plays in Yaroslavl, uh, in the, the junior league there. And he's trying to decide what he wants to do right now. We're expecting to hear something by the end of this week on him, uh, Russian player. Uh, that we really took a flyer on him in the second round of the European draft. And then, of course, uh, you know, Lassie Thompson signed and is playing in the Elite League in Finland. And, uh, you know, he's a, to us a wild card. We're certainly not uh, banking on him coming back. He's moved in and playing, uh, you know, in the in that league. So we'll see uh, after the World Juniors will be an opportunity that we would probably get a real good feel for if he's interested in coming back for the stretch run or not. Did you have a conversation with him uh, or uh, with the NHL team that drafted him about, uh, you know, obviously it's Memorial Cup year, oh. you can be playing a long time this season and how that Many, was. many, many conversations because this was, uh, this guy's an elite player in our league and, you know, that's a hole that, you know, we certainly didn't think we were going to have to fill and, uh, you know, it was a real blow, especially when Ottawa signs him, you assume that, uh, you know, that the assignment was going to be here and not in uh not in Belleville and then all of a sudden he signs with uh Ilvis his home city and uh you know he's playing over there and 
you know, and I, I've got a pretty good feel for that league because my son played over there for a couple of years, and uh, it's a very, very competitive uh, league, and it'll, you know, hinge on how well he holds up playing against men. All right, well, we'll see how it all shakes out uh, for the Rockets uh, with uh, the, the Russian player that you mentioned, and who knows with Lassie Thompson, but uh, we won't hold our breath, I guess. Is that uh, is that how we should kind of go move uh, forward with that? That's the way we're moving forward. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to the goaltenders, and uh, how many do you still have uh, around the team right now? We have four in camp. We oh. have uh, the two from last year, Bazran, Porter, and then Schwebus and uh, young Tisdale, who played down in Lethbridge in the midget team there last year. All right, so lots of competition, uh, and I'm uh, I'm expecting that's you, you like to see that. Uh, you got uh, four guys fighting for two spots. Well, and, you know, like I said, this is a fairly significant year for us, and, uh, you know, I'm... Bazran's going to be 18 and Porter's 19, so we're hoping that uh, one of those guys can take the reins and ride here. And uh, you know that's probably a position that we're going to watch real closely here till Christmas. And Cole Schwebius, I mean, you went out and, and picked him up uh, via trade from Seattle with that big deal that you made uh, in the off season. So, what's his role uh, within your team? He's he's fighting for uh, you know. They're all, to me, fighting for the, the those three in particular, Schwebius, uh, Porter, and Bazaran are fighting for the number one job, and Tisdale would be the guy that's challenging for the backup role right now, and all three of the others, you know, are here to win the first job, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, a young blue line, but uh, a lot of guys who have played in the league before, and uh, you're trying to build a not just a Memorial Cup hosting team, but a contending team. How much work do you still have to do uh, on your blue line to accomplish that? Are you comfortable with uh, the guys you have still with the team right now? Well, you know, Korzak obviously is a pillar back there. And then uh, Jake Lee, who we got in a trade from Seattle. And then uh, the player that's really played well is young Comrie, uh, who left Denver University to come here. Yep. And we got him in a trade with Brandon has been outstanding. And then uh, Steffler, who was with us last year, has had a great summer and, and looks like he's going to be able to step in. And then uh, Augustine, uh, who was with us last year, but, you know, this is a young guy that lost 25 pounds this summer and looks like a new man out there. So, you know, we're, we're I'm comfortable there. We've got a couple of young 16-year-olds still around that uh, one of them may get to stay, I'm not sure. But that's probably a spot where we'll look down the road here at filling uh, in with an overage, likely. All right. How With the group that you have right now, there's lots of size. Is that by design you want to have a big defensive group? Uh, I think if you look at us over the years, generally that's the kind of team we build. Yep. Uh, I like size on the back end, and I like guys that can skate, and all of them can do that. So we're excited about that. Let's uh, move to the guys. Up front, making up your forward units, and uh, Leif Matson, Kyle Topping. You, you mentioned the uh, two twenty-year-olds that you have you might have to do without them for a little bit uh, to start. But uh, actually, uh, I would expect they would come back from Carolina before the start of the season. Fair? Yeah, that's that's. They were late ads for their tournament team, so yeah. I think it's great they're both getting a taste of what it's like. But uh, you know, they're going to be important. But uh, I think the other, you know, Nolan Foot is going to be a guy that's going to score a lot of goals for us. And then uh, Hamaliak, who we got in the deal with Seattle, uh, has looked really good. So we're excited about him. And we're going to be a, a, a bigger, heavier team up front. And uh, that's what I think we're going to need for the, the length of time when we're going to play into May for sure. So I just, 
you know, we've designed our team that way so far. Um, Nolan Foote, you mentioned, and I wanted to ask you about him because I know there was a lot of, he seemed to be a divisive player with, uh, with people going into the draft. Uh, you know, how, how high he would go. Would he be a first rounder? He ended up being taken in the first round. Does that maybe give him a bit of motivation to, uh, shut the mouths of some critics? Uh, I think, but you know, uh, having had his older brother Cal here, these are, they're, they're, they're real good young men. They don't, uh, you know, obviously their father played a long time and these guys, they just about, they go about business, uh, you know, just playing the game and not worrying about too much that goes on around them. And, uh, in Nolan's case, you know, he's, he's had some injuries along the way. And I think a lot of that was just because he was a pretty slight guy growing up and now he's filled right out. And, uh, you know, he's over the summer here turned into man, it looks like. So he's going to, uh, he's going to be a real prominent player for us. And I, I haven't had a guy that shoots the puck like him since probably Jamie Ben. Okay. Well, uh, lofty comparison there. We'll take note of that for sure. I know when you came through Edmonton last year, he had a pretty good night, three points in a three, one victory. So, uh, we saw firsthand what he can do. Um, now, you mentioned uh, when you got Comrie, you came out of the, the college ranks, Alex uh, Swetlikov, same thing last year. And, and Trevor Wong, when you drafted him, well, he was intending to go to uh, college as well, and uh, he detoured and, and came your way. And I know there's uh, quite a bit of buzz about uh, young Trevor Wong. Lots of talent, small body, but uh, big on talent. Uh, what do you expect from him in, in a, rookie, a full rookie season this year? Well, you know, if we can get him playing in the first nine guys, uh, that would be real exciting for us. And if he doesn't, if he's in the first 12, he will be in the first 12 for sure. But uh, his start here through training camp and uh, the weekend, he didn't look out of place at all. And it's just a guy that's his size. You know, it's a matter of being in the right spot at the right time and not getting caught where you where you are in a vulnerable position at all. And... uh but he's a special player that's going to, you know, he'll be an exciting player for years in front of this fan base here. Why do you think uh, the Rockets in particular have uh, success getting uh, NCAA committed players to, to change their mind and come your way? I know there's obviously a track record. Uh, the Rockets have uh, um, graduated a lot of players to pro hockey and on to the NHL, and it's definitely one of the nicest places to live in our country. Anything, Any other reasons why uh, you seem to have more success than a lot of teams in that way? Well, I don't know if we have more than a lot of teams, but I, I think, you know, in the Wong case, you know, I'm, I haven't quite figured out how a 14 year old can be committed to a university yet. Like I, I just, to me, it's bizarre that they can do that. But, uh, I, we were confident when we picked him that we could convince his family that this was going to be a good place for him to play. And, you know, that's the way we went about it. And in the, the Comrie case, I, I think us hosting the cup certainly, had something to do with it, but I also think, you know, the coaching staff here with Adam Foote here, and I think that Comrie didn't have a great experience there last year. Uh, and, you know, in those, the college teams, when they change coaches, the coach that, re- that recruited you is probably the guy you do want to play for. And I, I think that affected him and Swetlikoff for sure. Uh, just because when, uh, the coach in Denver went to, to Dallas, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, the new coach coming in's got his own gr- new group of guys. So, but in Swetlikov's case, uh, you know, I think he just realized that he had an opportunity to play at home would be one thing, and two that he was kind of spinning his wheels playing junior A. Let's talk a little bit about the Memorial Cup, but I know uh, it can be a lot of changes around the building and when you're getting ready to to host again. It's not it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago since uh, Kelowna 
hosted the Memorial Cup. But anything new in the building for fans to uh, get excited about this year? Well, we're, the intent is to certainly get a new scoreboard in here uh, before the Memorial Cup, which would which would excite everybody. And then, uh, you know, just the building has been upkept very, very well. It's uh, it's a very clean facility, and the, the the people that own it do a good job of maintaining it. And it's now just bringing it up, uh, you know, another notch with, uh, you know, some of the technical stuff, which... You know, I'm sure that's going to happen here over the next uh, six or seven months for sure. You feel some pressure as uh, the WHL rep uh, or one of the the two that will be there this year to to have more success. It's been a while since the Dub uh, has well even won games, uh, let alone uh, come away with the actual championship. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, you know this will be our I think sixth time in the Memorial Cup, and uh, we've only won it once and been in the final two or three times, but. Uh, I, I, you know, we said right from the first day when we bid for this thing that we weren't in it to just host it, we're in it to win it, and we've committed ourselves, we've made it a, a couple of significant trades already to help get us better, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, if we need to add to our team down the stretch, we will, but we're really excited about our group right now, and, and we think we're a lot better hockey club right now than we were when we finished last year. Just two more questions for you, Bruce. Uh, why do you think the WHL has struggled, at least the WHL champion? If if the WHL uh, host, or if the host is a WHL team, they've they've done all right in the tournament. But why do you think the dub champ uh, has struggled lately at the at the Memorial Cup? Well, you know, having gone through it the amount of times we have, the year team, uh, we certainly travel you know, different than the Ontario League for sure. Yep. And if it ends up one of the Maritime teams in in the Quebec league, then they do get some, some miles put on them. But I, I think that our league ends up so competitive once you get to, you know, to your division finals. And then when you get to the league final, uh, you know, there's the wear and tear of just the amount of games uh, that you're playing in a short period of time. And yet, you know, we've reduced the, the play the regular season games to be the same as Quebec and Ontario. It's just, uh, you know, our geography can't change compared to what, uh, you know, the Ontario League in particular goes through. Yeah, that's true. And that's uh, not a, you know what, and I'm not making excuses either. You know what, we just, uh, our teams haven't been good enough and we got to be better. Well, we'll see if that happens uh, this year. And lastly, uh, when you look around the rest of the BC division, obviously last year Vancouver was the top team and it was a bit of a, a rebuilding year for the other four clubs in the division. I think it's fair to expect much more from the BC division this year. As Memorial Cup host, you just said you're you're not in it just to host it; you're in it to win it. What would you consider to be a successful season if if you're looking at it that way? Is anything less than a WHL championship acceptable? Well, I I think you know the, you've got to be in the top end of your division for sure, and and I know in our division here, just in the BC division, you know I, I think Kamloops is going to be a real good hockey club. I think that. Uh, Vancouver, if, uh, you know, the problem when you have the success they did last year, whether the NHL teams decide to keep the, the odd guy, that throws a wrinkle into it, but they should be, you know, another real good team. And I, I think that, uh, Prince George has been, you know, kind of retooling there for a couple of years. So they'll be more competitive and, you know, Victoria always has got a good hockey club. All right. Well, it should be a really fun season inside the, the BC division and, uh, certainly wish you the best of luck and, I'm sure we'll chat again before the uh, Memorial Cup gets here, but uh, good luck this year, Bruce. You got it. My pleasure. 
That's Bruce Hamilton of the Kelowna Rockets. And uh, call me crazy, but uh, how about this? I think the Rockets have an extra goalie. We just heard from Alan Miller of the Moose Jaw Warriors in the previous segment. They're looking for a goalie. They also have uh, Justin Almeida potentially coming back after he rehabs from uh, his uh, injury situation. Will the uh, the Penguins uh, send him back to junior hockey this year? What if it was to the Memorial Cup host team? So how about that sort of a, let's get the, let's work the rumors, get the rumor mill going. Almeida ends up in Kelowna this year and uh, maybe in the same deal or a separate deal, probably earlier deal. How about uh, Kelowna sending a goalie to Moose Jaw? The the problem I have with it is because I think Kelowna's not the only team that has an extra goaltender. I think Vancouver's got a goalie. Edmonton's got a goalie. Uh, There are probably other teams who have a goalie. And there are probably probably more goalies available than there are teams looking for a goalie. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Let's go to the next club. And that means we uh, stop in southern Alberta. The Lethbridge Hurricanes are the team... Peter Anholt is the guest. He's the GM of those Hurricanes, and he's on the Pipeline Show next. Hi, I'm Stuart Skinner from the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Here's Skinner looking for the empty net. Rolling, rolling. He scores! Stuart Skinner! Unbelievable! Stuart Skinner has a goal! And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. We're back on the Pipeline Show and continuing on with another WHL team preview. Of course, all of these, because they're WHL teams, brought to you by dubnetwork.ca, all these in-the-dub segments. You can stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League, and there is a lot going on these days at dubnetwork.ca. You can check it out every day. Uh, the next team is... In the spotlight, the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and it, uh, that is always good news because that means I get to speak with Peter Anholt again. Now, uh, welcome back to the program, Pete. How are you? Really good, thanks, Guy. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Well, I always appreciate uh, you making the time, but I know that at this time of year, things can get awfully busy. So, thanks for uh, squeezing this interview in, and uh, maybe we'll start by looking at the players from last year's uh, playoff roster who aren't back with the club this year. Uh, the three twenties. That you lose from last year's team, Taylor Ross, Jake Elmer, uh, and on the back end, and Igor Marejko. Uh, I know there are, it's a rather lengthy list of other players who still have eligibility, but you're not expecting back. I know, like Zach Cox, I know is not a part of the organization anymore, but also some guys who are headed off to NHL camps uh, and teams uh, starting their pro careers. What's that list look like? Who's not back from last year's team? Well, you mentioned Zach Cox, and of course, uh, added to that, 
that list would be Scott Mahovlich. Uh, Scott uh, has moved on. We we waived both of those players, and and Mahovlich has gone to Nanaimo to play in the BC Junior League. And at this moment, Zach Cox is with the Swift Current Broncos. So hopefully, he can stick with them. That'd be a, that'd be good for him if he could. Um, the other three, of course, the big big names, probably the bigger names are are, are uh, Jordy Bellarive and Jake Lasition and Nick Henry. Um, all three are signed. We don't expect any of them back. We're planning uh, that way now. If something changes that is out of our control, I guess we'll be happy to deal with it. But uh, at this point, all three have moved on and uh, I think they have had their heads around moving on and and so we we basically have got the three overages in camp that we plan on starting with and running with and that's Coltrane Wilson and Ty Prefontaine our two defensemen and then we picked up DJ Drome from the Victoria Royals on in this in a summer deal uh, a local overage and he's got some skill and and we're happy to have him all right. Well, we've covered off. Uh, we've checked a couple of boxes. We don't have to ask about the <laughs> the overagers. Then let's skip right to the uh, the import players uh, that you have. Uh, and I mentioned that uh, Igor Moreshko has uh, moved on now. He's aged out of the league and will be playing pro. Um, what's your over or your import situation right now for the Hurricanes? Well, we'll return Danella Polivko uh, on our back end. He's an one He's a late birthday, so. He'll be an NHL draft pick this year, I believe, uh, if he keeps developing the way he should. Uh, six foot five, uh, defenseman that can make a first pass. So hopefully, hopefully he'll make a bigger impact for us this year in his second year. And then we acquired in the, in the European draft, the import draft, we picked up Oliver Ocular, who's a 99 who's a sorry he's a he's a 19 year old left winger played in played in uh, Sherbrooke of the Quebec uh, major junior hockey league last year Guy so we we added an older guy we thought we needed to add an older guy we've done that with DJ Drome now we've done that with Ocular uh, so we think that that's a good fit for us hopefully he can step in and play in our top six role in in any given way. Now, it's a, you could have gone to Europe and taken a, a guy who's 19 and, and brought him across and, and done it that way. Is it a bonus that uh, Ocular played in North America last year so there's a little bit more familiarity with a CHL rink and, and, and everything that uh, goes along with uh, playing on this side of the pond? Well, it seems to be the case. Uh, I think his, even his transition, even through training camp and, and so on here is, has been seamless. Uh, he speaks really good English and, and, uh, you know, he understands, I think, uh, what we're, what we're trying to accomplish over here and, and so on. So, no, he's been really good, uh, since he's, since he's joined us. So, it's been an easier fit, I think, than, uh, and it was an easy fit in a sense that we could really, really look at a lot of video on him. But we didn't pick till 49th in the in the draft, so you know a lot of things had to fall into place for us to get him, and and they did. So we're happy about that. Now, 49th out of 60 teams, that means you had a good year last year, and that that certainly was the case. Uh, all right, let's look at the. The players that you still have uh, with the team is camp has gone on now and uh, into the preseason. You haven't played your first preseason game 
quite yet, as you and I are speaking, at least. Uh, who who uh, who do you have still uh, with you right now uh, when it comes to goaltenders? How many goalies do you have with the team right now? We just got the two. Uh, we signed a Pickla kid, a, a 17-year-old out of out of Kelowna that's going to go, a 16-year-old, I should say, out of Kelowna that's going to go play in Notre Dame in the with the Hounds this year. So we're happy about that move for him. But we sent him off there early so he could get established with his team. He was really good with us through camp. Um, but but that left us with our two incumbents who ended off the year with us last year and in Carl Tedichuk and and Thompson. So we're pleased about that. Both of them will get two exhibition games and prepare themselves for the regular season. So we're set in goal. We're happy with the two guys we have. We have have the 18-year-old and the 17-year-old. So so we like it that we can, you know, really develop our own guys. And Thompson, a, a player that you took in the second round a couple of years, well, in 2017, um, so really getting his first kick at being a full-time WHL player, six foot four, 190 pounds. What's not to like about a, a goaltender with that sort of size? Uh, and I guess you've just been having to wait until he was uh, ready to make this jump, and now's the year? Yeah, we like him a lot. He's He's got uh, a lot of really good attributes uh, to be a, a real good goaltender here in our league for the future and, and moving on to pro. He's you know he's he's got the a real good temperament and uh he's got some real good attributes that we like so so between him and Tadachuk uh, we think uh, that gives us a real solid base to work from and uh, we're happy with that Keith. Could, could this be a platoon system in that for you where you know you're basically sharing time or do you expect one guy to sort of evolve as your bona fide starter and play more games than the other well, we certainly look at, at uh, Thompson as being a potential guy that's going to push on any given day. And I, you know, when you think back to Stuart Skinner when he played and he was an elite goaltender, he, I mean, he was basically the number one uh, as a 17 year old, but we were lucky to have uh, Sittler with us at that time who pushed him on any given day. And, and that was basically a platoon situation for us. And, but, but right now, Tedichuk is the guy, and uh, and uh, we'll just see how how Thompson can can step up and and push on on each day and each game, and and we'll see how it goes. We we hope that he's going to push to be a number one, and that's that's going to make us better and uh, give him a lot more opportunities to play in games. Peter Anholt is the GM of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. My guest here on the Pipeline Show. All right, with your back end, you mentioned Ty Prefontaine and Coltrane Wilson, the two overage players for you, so you've got lots of veteran experience on the blue line, of course, uh, and you also mentioned uh, Dylan Polivko back again for a second season. Kalen Addison uh, would be back as well, although you'll miss him a little bit as he goes to NHL camp, but should be back in time for the regular season, correct? Yeah, we expect uh, Kalen to be back for the start of the regular season, and being a 19-year-old and he's a potential world junior player and, you know, he's an elite player, a second-round pick uh, by Pittsburgh, uh, you know, we think he should be one of the better defensemen in the league. And so with with that group and add uh, Alex Cotton to it, and we really like what Ryland Thiessen has brought. He's a rookie 18-year-old, but, but with the way he developed uh, playing midget last year, we really, really like what he's brought 
And then we got a couple other young guys. Uh, uh, we think Dylan Ash, a 17-year-old who played with Tisdale last year on their march to the Talis Cup uh, finals. Uh, we think he's going to push on any given day. And also uh, uh, Joe Arnston, who's a 16-year-old out of Swift Current. So, so we like our group uh, because of the depth that we thought we had. We we it enabled us to move Nolan Jones to uh, Victoria, and and we picked up a a forward in that deal. So we liked that deal too. So, but it was because of what we felt we, that we had on depth uh, that we could make that deal. Now we talked about all the players who aren't back from last year's playoff roster, and most of them are forwards. So it seems uh, from the outside looking in that if there's an opportunity to be had, it's uh, largely up front for for you and for the young guys trying to to uh, crack your roster. Um, when you look at the at your forward group right now, and I know Dylan Cousins, what's his? Maybe we'll start there. What's his health situation to start uh, the, the season? Is he going to be ready for the start? Well, we believe so. I, I, I know that he's been in he's been in Buffalo basically the whole time, geese. So they've been they've been nursing him along. He's he's gotten better and better. I know just in constant contact with uh, with the Buffalo organization, and we've we've got a really good rapport with them just because of our relationship that we built up with them through the Giorgio Estefan time that he was with them, but. You know they they've been they've been awesome to deal with. Uh, they've kept him there. They've kind of worked him through the whole process, and and he, I believe that he's getting closer and closer. But he's unexpected to play in their rookie tournament unless all of a sudden it's a surprise. Yeah. And and then possibly he'll be ready for their training camp and and moving on from there. But but we're not sure on that. That's that's still up in the air. It was a dislocated thumb that did get operated on, but uh, they're re- we're really treating it with kid gloves in a sense, and uh, and so are they. And we and we're really pleased about that. So moving forward, are you are you expecting Dylan Cousins back? Maybe it might be a bit of a delayed return, but. Um, I mean, for me, I, I expect him back in the WHL this year. Oh, I, I fully expect him back. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think we all feel that these young players are they're not ready to play in the NHL, uh, and both physically and mentally. And you know, they they might show at any given time that they have the talent to play there, but but I, I think it's always a a bit of a crapshoot if you put a, a young body in, the, in that competitive environment and, and you're putting them at risk. And I, and I think it seems, it seems there seems to be a lot more of a move to sending people back or players back like that than, than, uh, you know, than, than pushing them into the lineup. So, so I, you know, I fully expect him back. I, I think uh, some more years of junior is important for him as a player and to mature as a player, and and so we expect him back. It just depends upon what, at what point. All right. Assuming that's the case, you, you have cousins, and you mentioned uh, DJ Jerome. You picked up in, in trade. Uh, Logan Barlogi will be back. Who else is basically your leadership group up front? Who who's going to be the the guys to lean on outside of those three? Well, we mentioned Ocular, a veteran coming over, a 19-year-old coming over, and and cousins, uh, Barlogi and, and Jerome, and then we picked up, uh, which I felt was really important to add another older player. We picked up Dino Cambites from 
the Victoria Royals in the in the Jones deal. So it gives us another 19-year-old that I think is really important for our hockey club, and and that gives Barlogi and Cousins a lot more support. Uh, past that, then then we look to a guy like uh, Noah Boyko to to take a whole different step as a player uh, after his 16th year, and and so so we we like him a lot. And then a guy like Stringer, even though he's 16, he's he's got the hockey sense to play up at any given time. But basically, our leadership group is that older group, and then we'll see from there whether the group of uh, uh, the old ones with the the two Hall boys, uh, Justin and Adam, have to take a step as far as being players for us at our level. And and then we have a bunch of O2s that really have to take a step and and so there's going to be some really good battles um and we're excited about that all right tell me a bit more about noah boyko you you did take him in the first round uh, in 2017 uh, the 16th overall pick that year and he, he played uh, most of the season for you last year just 15 points but again your roster last year uh young guys were playing further down the depth chart than they probably would have on most teams but uh tell me about noah boyko a fort saskatchewan product so People up here will have an interest in him for sure. Well, we really like Boyko. I I, I think that he's he's got the attributes to be a really good player. He's uh, he's really really smart, and he has the has the ability to put himself in good shooting positions and scoring positions. And he loves to score. And you know he's he's gotten bigger and stronger over the summer now. And you know he's ready to take a step. He's He's uh, excited about the the new challenge within our hockey club of 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 you know more more expectations and higher expectations from everybody and you know I mean the NHL draft is looming of course so so we we think that he's going to be a really good player for us and you know and we need him to be uh, we need him to step up and and play in that top six role at any given game. Uh, but certainly playing the top nine for sure. Well, and another young player you mentioned, Stringer, that would be Zach Stringer, eighth overall pick in 2018, so looking to be a full-time player uh, this year, and uh, that draft class, pretty good Bantam draft, uh, and uh, there's a you know a lot of high-end scoring talent uh, at the top end of that draft, and, and Stringer is among that group. Nice bonus that he's a Lethbridge kid, so he's uh, already a hometown favorite. Uh, what sort of an impact can you expect from him this year, I probably need to temper expectations a little bit, but boy, he's got some talent. Yeah, his hockey sense, Guy, is off the charts. I think that that's his biggest and best attribute. He's a big, strong kid, and he's strong on the puck, but but his hockey sense is really, really good. And anytime you have players like Lysician, Henry, Bellarive, and, and Cousins, and those guys that like playing with them and want to play with them, I think that that's that says it all right there. Good players like to play with good players, and and uh, I think that that kind of uh, makes a big, big statement. He's he's got to keep on working on his skills and everything like that, and we got to be careful about about our expectations on him. But 
That being said, he had a, he did a good job for us when he played uh, for us uh, late in the year and into playoffs. So we expect him to be a good player for us, and and to what level we'll just have to take uh, you know be careful that we don't have too high expectations for him. All right. Well, I wonder what the expectations are just for the team in general. And you look at the Central Division last year; there was so much parity right down to the wire uh, it, with the uh, the races just for playoff seating, let alone to make the playoff picture, and uh, that made it really exciting for everybody uh, following it, and I'm sure it was uh, exciting for everybody uh, on the ice and behind the bench and upstairs for the teams as well. When you look at the uh, the division this year and, and maybe even the conference, what do you consider a, would be a successful season for the Hurricanes this year, Pete? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I mean, I, I think the way we're sitting right now, I think we're certainly a step behind uh, Calgary and Edmonton. I, I think both those two teams are are the best two teams in our division uh, by far right now. Um, I think that we we are right there and can compete with anybody else in our division. So, you know, I would hope that uh, you know we should be able to finish at least uh you know within the playoff structure there somewhere uh, i'm hoping anyways uh you know but but that being said i mean it's uh, you never know how how uh red deer is going to be and then certainly how medicine hat's always tough and of course with swift current coming into our division it changes things a little bit too so i i think we're we're situated okay as far as you know the rest of us but i i think Certainly that Edmonton and Calgary are a step above. Lastly and uh, least importantly, um, the logo, remember the logo you guys had uh, three or four years ago, the uh, the plane on the front, the hurricane plane? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't here at that time, but yeah, I remember the logo for sure. What, yep. what would we have to do to bring that back? Because I love that jersey. <laughs> Well, you know what? We since we've been here and since I've been here, we're just trying to establish ourselves as a as a competitive team on any given day. And I, I think that we wanted to establish ourselves with with the logo that we have and the and the and the jerseys we have. So I that that really is pretty low in the priority list. As far as <laughs> you're exactly right about that, that key, I I don't uh, I if I'm starting to list off priorities uh, that probably is pretty low but uh, but it's a great question uh, but I, I think it's still pretty low on our priority here. Awesome okay well Pete I really appreciate your time certainly wish you the best of luck this season uh, and look forward to seeing you when the uh, hurricanes come through town here. Awesome thanks for having me Guy and uh, call anytime. Here's Peter Anhold. He's one of the best guys in the league to uh, have a chat with. And uh like that I got him laughing there with the hard-hitting uh, journalism question at the end about the uh, the preferred logo. I put up a Twitter poll right after that conversation because I was just curious and I, and I polled the audience. The fighter plane is the favorite. It's it's the one that won the poll. Um, so I sent that on to him as well. But I don't know if we'll get to see that uh, particular jersey and the logo back again. But it was the best one in my mind. Uh, but maybe you Hurricane fans can let me know what you think. At TPS underscore Gee is uh, where you can get me on Twitter. You can tell me which logo the Hurricanes have had over the last number of years outside of the one that uh, basically was a Washington Capitals ripoff. Um, which one is the, the one that you like the best? Also, an update on Dylan Cousins. Since I had that conversation, 
Um, the Buffalo Sabres have cleared him for contact, so he is good to go. Uh, but as you heard Pete say, fully 100% expects him back with the Hurricanes this season. Something for Canes fans to uh, look forward to if, in fact, that does happen. One team left to go, one segment left to go in this week's episode. Back to Saskatchewan, the Regina Pats are the uh, team to close things out this week. And that means John Paddock, the general manager, he's the guest. And that's next here on the Pipeline Show. Now Connor Hoff ships the puck to center for Steele, lead a 2-1-1. Steele across the line, right side, waits, goes backhand and scores! Oh my, what a goal, Sam Steele! He absolutely undressed Trevor Martin for a second strike game! Hey, I'm Sam Steele from the Regina Pats, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. This is the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We continue on with our WHL team previews, and uh, this segment, it's the Regina Pats. That means the general manager, John Paddock, is back on the Pipeline Show. Mr. Paddock, welcome back to the program. It's been a while. How are, How was your off-season, and uh, how was camp? Off season was fine, uh, longer than we've been used to, but that's where we're at. And, uh, camp's been, you know, I don't want to downplay it, but it's been what we expect at our training camps. Um, we like our draft from last year a lot and, um, our team, um, should be a little bit more competitive this year. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Uh, let's get to know your team a bit and maybe we'll start. By noting the players who aren't back from last year's roster and uh, the overage players that you lose, uh, Brett Clayton as well uh, uh, on the back end, Brady Puto and uh, Liam Scholler. Uh, who else from last year's club is not returning this year, John? Well, we had uh, Strew kid, Sebastian Strew, um, who decided to go to he had a pro offer in Europe. That's so, right. Uh, those three overagers and that 19-year-old are the, really the only players. Um that aren't eligible to play for us um, in their place, not in their place, but uh, Austin Pratt is a 20 year old. Now we acquired uh, Dawson Holt as a 20 year old and we reacquired Robbie Holmes as a 20 year old. So those are our, those are the additions for the, you know, as twenties or the ones who graduated to become twenties. And they're the only three twenties in camp. And, and I wonder, does that, uh, was that by design? You wanted to have that situation sort of settled so it wasn't kind of hanging over the heads of guys? Well, um, we had hoped that Sebastian was going to come uh, to camp. And then he had this offer. So um, one of one of two ways was fine with us. Like, I mean, if you have four of them, I think it helps competition-wise and uh, helps lift the level of training camp and, you know, amongst themselves to, you know, want to play at a level to be here. Been saying that when you got twenties, they know basically the league. They know their roles and strengths. They know that we're going to count on them a lot, uh, as has been articulated to them. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't necessarily by design, but we're more than fine with it. Well, and all three of the twenties that you have are forwards as well. Um, and, and again, maybe or maybe not by design, but uh, does it uh, in in a general sense, would you prefer to have uh, some more experience on the back end than what I guess on paper you might have? 
Well, um, yes, but we got a lot of young defensemen that we like uh, for the future. So we're going to monitor that closely. But uh, you know, we're going to we, we're comfortable with these young defensemen, and uh, we'll see how they are doing, how we are doing uh, as far as looking at down the road. And I don't think it was by design up front. Um, so I guess I'm saying ideally, if we knew in May we could have some 20 year old defenseman, we would have. But uh, I look at teams last year, like Red Deer got a tremendous amount of scoring out of their three 20 year olds. I think there was another team too that really led they led the way somewhere. So for us, uh, you know, those three twenties, there's high expectations from them, and there's we we have a lot to expect from them, and I believe they're going to give it to us. And uh, how about your import situation this year? Well, we have Nikita Sadoff back. Um, a fine young defenseman. He was voted our top defenseman last year mm-hmm. by the team. And uh, Daniel Gushin, very talented winger that we drafted at this point. Uh, we're not having success in uh, having him come here, but uh, I'll call it a work in progress, and it's not going to stop. Uh, he's a very talented player. Is there a deadline for when a guy can come over uh, outside of the January 10th deadline to add players to your roster? No, um, there isn't a deadline. Uh, there is, uh, we can put them on a suspended list, uh, the first of November and, you know, he can still come up to January 10th or then look at another euro, which would then put him out and he'd just be on a suspended list. So there's, there's a lot of time yet, um, and to work on it or to have hopes and, that's what we do, and we're not going to stop until we hit a deadline or hit something because uh, he's just too good a player not to want him on our team. John Paddock, GM of the Regina Pats, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, all right, John, you've gone through a training camp into the preseason now, and you've, your team's already played three games. How many uh, goaltenders do you still have uh, left around the team right now? We have three, uh, Paddock, McNabb, and Pacente, three that were basically with us last year. Mm-hmm. You don't foresee starting the season with three goaltenders, do you? And normally, that three-headed monster not ideal. No, um, you know our goaltending. Uh, you know, Max is the clear number one on our team, and then uh, it sorts out from there. Uh, you know, you got to have goaltenders, though. You got to have more. You got to have too many more than not enough. Mm-hmm. So we have three guys that have a little bit of experience in the league. Uh, in Matthew and Dean has lots of experience, so. Uh, we want to get off to a good start. That may, you know, be with having good depth at everywhere and so forth. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, ideally you don't want two 19-year-old goalies on your team. Uh, so again, that's something that will be evaluated as time goes on. All right. Uh, and I know NHL camps are opening up. Uh, do the Pats lose anybody to uh, any uh, of those uh, camps opportunities? Uh, no, we don't. I was disappointed. Uh, Austin Pratt couldn't and didn't get an invite in Holmes. And uh, the goaltender, my nephew, uh, he had shoulder surgery at the end of the year, April 1st about. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't ready for a, a July camp, which he had a couple of opportunities to. And so I think that hindered him. And so he didn't get a, a training camp one after being in San Jose last year. So yeah, that's just the way it is. Well, well it's, uh, yeah, tough news for those guys. I guess if there's a silver lining from your perspective, uh, you might have a motivated group there. Yeah, I think they should be. Um, and I think when you look around the league, especially I'm talking about the overagers, there's been yeah. a lot of overage players the last few years get contracts. And, um, and we've had ourselves in Dawson Lidl and, uh, 
So I think that there, there's lots of reasons for those guys to be focused and, and want to lead the team and want to do something personally for the team and get some attention. All right, let's look at your defensive core. You mentioned Nikita Setov uh, back again after uh, last year's impressive uh, season, uh, his first in the WHL. Who else becomes your your defensive uh, core, if you will, uh, for, on the blue line, the guys you're really going to rely on? Well, the four guys that uh, were here last year and have experience and are a little bit older and set off and Riker Evans at 18 and Tyson Feist at 18 and, and uh, Kyle Walker at 19. Those are the first four out of the gate for no reason other than experience. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're all solid players. They all bring something different to the table. Um, so a couple of them are defensive and play physical and a couple of them are, are very skilled and so forth. So uh, after that, uh, we've had a very impressive 16 year old in Jake Johnson. He's going to make the team. He's been excellent. Um, and, uh, Sam McGinley was here for a cup of coffee last year. Kai Mitchell was here for the last half of the year and Zonavelt for the full season. So, uh, there's a battle going on there. I'm not sure whether we're going to carry seven or eight, but, uh, that's what we want to do with our defenses. Evaluate those young guys and just see what we decide in a little while. Well, it sounds like a heck of a pick with Jake Johnson, a 10th rounder coming out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, he, as you said, to quote you, he's been really impressive and he's going to make your team. And uh, this is a kid 16 years old, so he's coming in uh, uh, with uh, pretty high expectations already, setting the bar high for you. Yeah, well, he's you know he was a unique case. He's actually Canadian-born, but lived in Arizona basically all his life. Uh, close to it and uh he was unique and you know so good for us and i think it's going to turn out great for him but like he signed he came to us wanting to sign a contract probably late september last year mm. after being at camp and uh you know that takes him out of all the u.s stuff he was living there his family obviously has documentation they've been there for a long time and he wanted the dad and him wanted to go the junior hockey route and uh he's 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 a very solid player for a 16 year old. Nice. All right, uh, up front uh, for you, uh, you mentioned Dawson Holt, Robbie Holmes, Austin Pratt, all back uh, as 20 year olds, and they say back. Robbie Holmes, you you went out of your way to reacquire him. Obviously, uh, you're a fan of uh, the way he played for you in the past. Well, I think it's important or it's valuable when you know the player, you know the background, you know what he can and can't do, you know what his character is, and so. Um, when we had that opportunity, um, it was worth it for the cost. And just, um, you know, our 20s last year were defenders, and uh, they didn't put up any stats, which wasn't expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it was a it was a neat year. But as I mentioned earlier, um, we weren't going by forwards by design, but when we got them, now we have high expectations of them. And I think it's, you know, um, again, I don't know Dawson as well as the other two, but Robbie and uh, Austin, we're expecting big things in in all areas from them. Who else to, up front for you will provide some of that the offensive pop that you're going to need? Well, I think it'll be a little bit by committee. You know, things will sort themselves out in that. Uh, we had a lot of 17 year olds last year there, and as Dave Stroot says, my first year back in junior, that they all take a step by Christmas and then take another step. So that's what we're we're thinking and slash counting on to what level. That's a another story, but. Um, Logan Nijoff, uh, Carter Massier, uh, Garrett Wright are all 
you know, they all have a lot of things you like, and they all got better as the season ended last year. So mm-hmm. we have some expectation that they're going to continue that path. Um, Cole Dubinsky is a 16-year-old player. Uh, he's had a very good camp. Um, he's growing some and stuff. So, and we got a player, a young player from Lethbridge, uh, Drew Inglot, um, who's been out with a little bit of a knee injury, but uh, he's, a, he's a good young player. So those people are, you know, going to come in and play good roles. And and then we have uh, Ty Cole, Duncan Pierce, uh, Riley Crane, who are 19-year-old players who've been in the league, uh, all bring a little bit of something different. And so we think it's a – we have some depth at forward. It's not high end, but overall it's we have some solid players. So we're sort of a committee – and considering, sorry, uh, John, didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, considering that the cyclical nature of junior hockey, and you're, you know, a couple of years ago, you're hosting the Memorial Cup, and uh, after that, you got to take your lumps for a little bit. Uh, where, where do you see the Pats in that cycle right now? Well, I think, I think we should be a little, we should be better than we were last year because we've got the same players, and they're a year older. So there's just a natural improvement by where we are in the cycle. I'm not sure where that takes us. Um, you know, it depends on your on your competition and opposition somewhat. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned about the 20s, and uh, we have total faith in our goaltender who had a so-so first half and a good second half. Those four people can, you know, make us, you know, a, a competitive team, make us in the hunt for playoffs, and then we'll see where the rest of the guys improve. Well, and the complexion of uh, the East Division changes a little bit with Kootenay moving to Winnipeg, and I know you'll still play Swift Current six times this year, so that part of it doesn't change for you. But when you look at the rest of the division and, and perhaps maybe the the conference in general, what would you consider to be a successful season for the Regina Pats? Well, you know, I think every team starts out wanting to be in the playoffs. So, of course, if we made the playoffs, that would be successful. Um, we know, as you know, players have a view, and then the coaches have a view, and the manager has a view. So, uh, we're in year two. Um, I expect improvement. I expect us to be in the hunt, you know, and then after that, there's a lot of factors. But again, so I repeat, uh, the 20s and the goaltender should put us in the hump. If we get some surprises, then we're a little bit more for real. If we get an injury or two with the wrong people, then it's going to be tougher. But we're, we should be an improved team because if for no reason other than we got a year experience and we're a year older. Excellent. John, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I certainly wish you the best of luck. This season with the Regina Pats, and uh, look forward to seeing uh, the club when it comes to Edmonton. Thank you very much. That's John Paddock, a man of few words. Never really questioned his knowledge or anything like that. Don't just don't get the sense he likes talking to media all that much, and that's fine. Not everybody does, but the Pats will be interesting this year, and you know it's hard really to predict what to expect from them. Last year, I knew going into the season, and we talked to Phil Andrews, the play-by-play guy there. I think everybody knew it's going to be a year where they sell off anything they can uh, to recoup some uh, some draft picks because they went hard for it the year they hosted and you got to do that. Um, but that comes back and uh, those those what's the expression the chickens have come back to nest. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if that's an expression or not, but um, this could be another uh, another year of that. I think they'll be better than last year, but not a whole lot better. Uh, and I could see that team making some more deals and trying to get more picks again. The the rebuild, it might be, you know, three or four years. They really went deep into their prospect pool and, and cleaned out the cupboards when it came to their picks. So uh, it could be a slightly longer rebuild than normal uh, for Regina. And 
this will be a, definitely a development year for them. You look up and down their roster, there's not a lot of players that they drafted in, in the top three rounds of the Bantam draft. So that, I think that tells you where they are right now uh, in their cycle. Anyway, that was John Panic, and uh, that wraps up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. All five guests that you heard from, I really appreciate the media guys and girls for those teams uh, helping set up those interviews. Uh, this has been a long process to, to get all these GMs confirmed, and I appreciate the patience and uh, the constant emails that I'm sending, and uh, nobody's nobody's gotten mad at me yet, so I appreciate that. So uh, thanks to Matt Barsley from Kamloops, Alan Miller from Moose Jaw, Bruce Hamilton from the Rockets, Peter Anholt from Lethbridge, and there John Paddock of the Regina Pats. Next week on the show, the final five teams. We've done 17 so far in the WHL. That was quick math on my part. Next week on the program, scheduled to speak with Darren Ritchie of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Barkley Pernetta of the Vancouver Giants, head coach James Patrick of the Winnipeg Ice, Curtis Hunt, the GM of the Prince Albert Raiders, and Willie Desjardins of the Medicine Hat Tigers back in the WHL. So good, great way to close out these WHL team-by-team previews. Really looking forward to those conversations next week. Lots of hockey now being played. You can get out and watch some uh, preseason games. Of course, if you're a fan of the NHL, all the Young Star tournaments are, are going this weekend as well. So lots of hockey to watch. Get out and watch some of it if you can. So when we come back, you and I can talk about it next week. Until then, my name is Keith Flaming. See ya.